Boys and girls, look, uh, first of all, the controversy of the hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people, uh, many people, lots of people, hundreds of people, perhaps thousands of people have said, please stop doing that. Or at least just, you know, hold back and do it just once in your 10 minutes or so of podcasting. And I think message heard, all right? I've developed a little bit of a uh, problem in this area and I'm going to get some help. The next thing is that I got a bunch, too many to answer, but thank you to everybody, a bunch of people from Canada and other environs saying, Mel, you fundamentally misunderstood what Tesla is doing with this really low-range Model 3. So as I understand it, reading things like Roadshow and other stuff that people have sent me, what Canada has is a loophole. So if you're a manufacturer and you can get your base car under $45,000, an electric car, and I'm assuming some, you know, maybe other types of renewable energy cars, then your whole line of cars then is eligible for the $5,000 incentive. But you've got to have one of those cars that is at a base price that's under 45000 Canadian dollars. So what Tesla did is that they software limited a Model 3 that gets 93 miles and can never be unlocked so that they could get in this loophole. So there it is. There's the car. Now go and buy the $50,000 car and get your $5,000 credit. And so it is a loophole that they are trying to basically get their car line, all of the line, the expensive ones as well, that $5,000 credit. So they expect, fully expect that nobody is going to buy that base model, whatever they're going in at exactly, I don't know the number, but under $45,000 Model 3 that only gets 93 miles. But they offer it just that nobody is going to be stupid enough to buy it. So that's perfect, right? So then they can sell the more high range mile vehicles and people can get the tax credit. So tell me if I got it right. Finally, that makes a huge amount of sense. Because when I was talking about it, I was like, nobody's going to buy that thing. And that's the point. Nobody's going to buy that thing. So to all of those people, and there were a lot of you that uh, sent me links and stuff, thank you very much. I also got a lot of people weighing in on this idea of two feeds versus one, and i got to tell you again, the overwhelming majority of the feedback is just keep it in one place, it's easy to find, and so I think that's what we're going to do. It's also, it, frankly, it's a lot easier for me to just uh, have one place where the three of us, Tom and Rob and me, can live but I can still do this daily thing at the same time. So overwhelmingly, it's keep it in one place. There are a few people who don't like it, but I have to go with the majority here. There's a few people that saying like, it takes a while to get through the big long show with all you idiots. And then uh, by the time you finish that long show, a number of days have passed and then there's all these you know Elon dailies in the way. So there is no perfect solution, but I think we're just going to keep it in the one place for now. And uh, to all our patrons, of which there's been um, a couple of new people, in the last few weeks. Thanks very much. It obviously takes a lot of effort to put together a daily show and a lot of effort to put together the big show. Uh, We really like it. We are not in this for the cash because if we were, we should go get another job. But anything that uh, you can do to help out is great, whether it be on Patreon or giving us rating and reviews and stuff. All that helps. We will try and seek out some advertisers in the future in order to keep this thing going. But it's really a passion project for us. We really want to keep doing it and we think we can. I will most certainly have to take some time off coming up in about a month from now because I'm headed to Kenya, going to go work in a hospital there, visit friends. So there'll be a couple of week period where I probably won't be doing it. But as a concept, I really like doing this and I'm enjoying getting the feedback, even when I'm wrong about Canadians and their Model 3s. 
And speaking of the Teslas and the Model 3s and the such, there has been really an explosion of updates in the software. And it's just a reminder of how much better this car is and this uh, way of pushing out updates than any other car manufacturer, at least, that I know about. The stuff that we've seen, the improvements to, you know, staying in the lanes and the improvements to autonomous driving and the summon and now enhanced summon features, all of this stuff is happening really fast. And there's now going to be enhancements to the visualization on the center console. Apparently, this was shown at the autonomous day where things will zoom in and zoom out and they'll show you what the car is seeing in terms of crap on the side of the road, not just other cars. So there's a bunch of enhancements that are coming in the coming weeks to months for many of us. There's a great video that you can find on Electric of a gentleman and his family summoning their Model 3 from out of the, out of the parking lot over across the street and uh, people freaking out because there's nobody in the car. I'm not sure how a safe enhanced summon is yet. It does go really slow and there are lots of reports of people saying sometimes it's obviously being really conservative and will get stuck and won't know what to do. But these videos just show where the technology is headed, not necessarily whether they're so great or particularly useful right now, but where this is headed. And as we've heard from Elam, where he wants this to go is that you'll leave the mall on one side, your car will be over on the other side, and it'll just drive around the mall and come get you. That is pretty cool. And then one day, it'll drive you across the country. Oh, I'm in New York. I need my car from LA. It'll come get me. You know, I'm not really a car guy. I don't, you know, think about cars and look about cars and read about cars. You know, I did when I was a young lad in rural Australia where everybody was into trucks and cars back in the day, but I really am not that into it. So you tell me, is there any other car manufacturer doing anything close to what Tesla is doing with these over-the-air firmware and software updates? Because it's, I just don't know of any. You don't hear about any. And some of these improvements are pretty radical. Some of them are small and cute, but they just keep getting better and better all the time. And it's when they get the new hardware in there, hardware 3.0, because it'll have so much overhead, I wonder what other interesting things that we haven't really thought about could happen with that extra CPU overhead. Let's say they've got full level 4, level 5 self-driving, and they're still only using you know, not all of the processor. What other crap could they put in there? And I'm one that's also been pretty, what's the word, uh, critical of the app itself, the Tesla app. But that also is now improving slower than the car, actually, but still improving all the time. I woke up, you know, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, to boom, there's my Tesla solar uh, energy production that's on my app now. And uh, the ability to do the software updates directly from the app. These kind of things are getting better all the time. There's still a lot of improvement. But it seems like uh, there might be a bit of a race between the car hardware and software developers and the app software developers. So, yeah, have at it. Let's uh, have a competition here. Give us some more good things. Because I'm a human. Every time you give me a new little thing like that, poof, I get a little bust of dopamine. Ah, makes me feel good. But then it wears off. Next time I use the app, if I don't see it, I'm upset. So for the humans, you got to keep feeding us those little puffs of dopamine to make us happy. So make me happy, Tesla. Give us some more stuff on that app and in that car. A lot of stuff happening. And, of course, we've been talking a lot about V2 supercharging has gone from 120 kilowatts. And Rob Rosenblum said back in the day, he, was, he got his Tesla before Tom and I did. Back in the day, it was under 100 when the superchargers first came out and maybe significantly under 100. So then it went to 120 
and now it's 150 if you're on a single ballot by yourself in theory, and the car will do this uh, preconditioning thing. Now, there is a really good article, and it is in, wait for it, Inside EVs, and there's a nice little video there, and I can't remember the gentleman's name. The writer of this article is Mark Kane. He does a sort of side-by-side view of his Tesla on almost sort of perfect conditions where the battery is pretty empty and it's pretty cool outside. And he did battery preconditioning, supercharging, and battery not preconditioning, supercharging, and just sort of a warm car. So he did sort of three different kinds of versions. And the bottom line is that the difference between sort of standard charging for, say, 200 miles versus battery preconditioning for 200 miles wasn't that much. It's, you know, Tesla's been saying it's going to be speed you up by about 25%. Well, in this little test, non-scientific, N of 1, was about 11% improvement. So he got 200 miles of range in about 29 minutes. And in the car that wasn't sort of set up at all, it was about 32 minutes. So you save three or four minutes. So that's good. We'll take it. But that's nowhere near the 25% that Tesla says we're going to be able to uh, get to. So we'll see. There might be some more tweaking of the firmware to make that happen. But any improvement I'll take, a full 25% increase in speed with battery preconditioning would be sweet. I'm sure we'll see many more videos like this, both from us here at Talking Tesla and from the outside world. So I think that's enough for today. Um, If you have any opinions about the length of these daily shows? Should they be five minutes? Should they be 10 minutes? Should they be 15 minutes? I'm happy to make them shorter. I'm also happy to make them even a little bit longer if you think it's worthwhile. But my gut feels like about 10 minutes is the right amount for my production and for the amount of time that anybody wants to listen to this stupid Australian accent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name's Mel Herbert. This is the Elon Daily portion of the Talking Tesla podcast. And uh, we'll talk to you more tomorrow.